0: Officer Project podcast, a show where we will discuss and learn together about topics specific to the American Fire Service. Come along as we explore areas such as firehouse traditions and culture, the fire family life, leadership, as well as getting yourself ready to be the company officer. This show is for everyone from the rookie firefighter to newly promoted officers. I'm your host, Mark McCurdy. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Fire Officer Project. This is episode one. And in this episode, I'm going to hit on my background, introduce myself, explain kind of the concept of what I wanted to do with this project, uh, some key points and ideas of things I've written down, and then another side project that I'm going to try to incorporate and get finished up here before uh, 9-11. So who am I? My name is Mark McCurdy. I live in Southern California in the Los Angeles County area. And I've been on the job or the fire department for 21 years now i worked for a smaller agency for five years and our department was absorbed by the current agency i work for now la county and i've been with that department now for 16 years combined total time 14 years as a fireman paramedic i was an engineer for two years and coming up on five years as a captain in the next few weeks so i'm 46 years old and when i hit 20 years on the job i have been a captain for a few years i started realizing There isn't always the best for trying to get yourself ready for that right front seat. So that's kind of what I came up with initially was just, well, I'll put together a few PowerPoint presentations, see if anybody cares, wants to show up to a class, and we'll just go over some basic stuff of being a captain. Because in our department, when people get promoted, they go to a, a captain's academy for a few weeks, and then they get turned loose. And whatever they've done to get themselves ready prior to those first two weeks of the training is on them. So I've noticed that there was a few things that people just needed to be a little more polished on, maybe before getting promoted or getting through the to the academy. So I come up with a PowerPoint presentation that incorporated administration and operations and then put it out there to the masses. It's just kind of a grassroots type thing and said, if you want to do this, I'm going to be scheduling it on these three consecutive days. Each day would be eight hours and full days. Come to whatever day works for you. We'll just have this grassroots type training and go from there. So the first day I had eight people show up the next day, I think 10. And then the next day i think like another eight and it was great. And I appreciate those guys that came out to that, just kind of taking it on their own to show up on off duty, listen to some guy. They may not even know who he is. And we had a good time I think with learning and, and it really helped me to decide Do I want to keep pushing forward with this? Do I need to adjust it? And yeah, I ended up having to adjust it. Eight hours, super long day. And I also noticed that people were there for one of two, usually one of two sides they wanted to see, either the administration side or the operation side. And I think we put a lot of weight into thinking that we're pretty good on the operation side, maybe not so much in the admin, but it's not as critical because you have some time while you're sitting in the office. But it does eat at your time when you don't know what you're doing. So I separated it out the next time, administration day and an operations day. And I think that's helped. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with two different sets of PowerPoints. And then people show up to whatever day they want to be or to both. So that's pretty much where it all started was just this PowerPoint presentation. People would show up locally. And then you start thinking, well, do I go bigger? Because there's so many other good people that work for other departments too that can I take this and meet other people and get their opinions? And it just kind of spirals, not out of control, but possibilities are endless. So I decided, okay, well, I'll just start an Instagram account, see where I go from there, get some things. And that just kind of clicks because you have people from all over sending you messages and things like that. And the next level, you start going, well, do people really want to hear what I have to say? Who knows? But it's if you don't try it, you're not going to know. And I had a lot of good motivation from a few guys at work who've started their own podcasts, maybe a little bit different than this one, but just the ability to step out and go, okay, I'll put myself out there and throw out what i know. So that's kind of what i'm doing here. I'm just taking some of the concepts of in those classes talking about ideas. And then what i'm really looking forward to is just connecting with people a little bit farther down the road, interviews, hearing back from people on social media on topic ideas. And then of course, all i'm going to do is I'm as i sit here and talking to this microphone is just my opinion of things through my background, experiences i've had specific just to me. So there could be things I'm missing, and there could be things that other people can enlighten me on, and that would be awesome, because that's what I'm looking forward to. So that's the plan. Is I've been writing lists of topic ideas for podcast shows. Well, let me just look at the list, because I'll forget what I was talking about, but I have it all typed out here, and just kind of, and then still chicken scraps on top of it, but some ideas that I was thinking of, and you can separate these out, are Uniforms. That's just this topic of this first one I see because it was the first thing that came to my mind because at the time when I was writing things down, it was a hot-button topic and still is in our department. But you start thinking about uniforms and how we push back on certain things. And But when you look at it and you start thinking like a company officer, if you're allowing your personnel to start doing whatever they want and going against the grain as far as uniforms or not toeing the line or you just don't say something, is that the start of where things fall apart? Is that where the start of undisciplined comes from? just how we show up to work in that attitude so that that'll be one subject how to make any firehouse a good one I've been fortunate enough to work in some good firehouses in LA County that have this character or this um, persona about them and one station that I was at I had a young firefighter ask me like well how do we get the this station to be like that and how do you get that persona so we're going to tackle that in another episode Uh, Continuous motivation. How do you continuously motivate your personnel, yourself, that station pride? Leadership. I write that topic down, but I think every episode that we talk about, whether we talk about it directly or not, is going to have some component of leadership, however you see that angle. But I will focus on some exact episodes of just on leadership, but I think we're going to touch on it each day that we um, talk about subjects in here. So Another big one would be the fire family, your home life marriage if you're married or in a relationship and explaining that and kind of tackling that in my opinion and experience with that probationary firefighters how do you deal with them new engineers how do you what do you do as a company officer how about firehouse culture and just the ins and outs there's I think there's a lot of people that are starting to come on the job that don't understand all the little unwritten rules in the fire department so maybe by just putting it out there maybe we're doing a disservice by not teaching them and then they get thrown to the wolves And then we'd think, oh, well, that guy sucks because they didn't know. Well, maybe that's all it is. They just didn't know. So there'll be some things I'll talk about there. And where would any firehouse or fire department-related item be without stories? Of course, everybody's got a story, and over the years it gets more embellished, but I'm talking true stories of just my experience, obviously, that were some scary crap that I went through in work or some situations where you don't necessarily tell anybody But if I'm going to put myself out there, I'm going to put myself out there and explain times where I've screwed up experiences I've had in fires or on the job that maybe I haven't told people or that you can learn from. So I have some other big things that I'm going to eventually tackle, one of them being uh, a big event that I was captured uh, or not captured in, but was caught up in outside of work here and... Eventually, I'll tackle that one because I've had a lot of help with trying to get through that, and that leads to another mental health component, and that seems to be the biggest buzzword in first responder-type atmospheres now is mental health. But eventually, I'll tackle this related to a few stories and experiences I've been through. Good calls, bad calls, where did you learn from them? And then a separate piece I'm going to start doing, and I need to tie it in before 9-11 gets here because we're close to it. Today is August 27th. And there's a book that I want to just read sections from. It's called What Brothers Do by Michael Everett Brown. And I do have a family connection to it, so that's part of this motivation to do this, but it also is an amazing story. In a nutshell, it's a story of Mike Brown, who's a doctor, was an FDNY firefighter for a few years and then went to med school. But when 9-11 happened, his brother, Patrick Brown, or Patty Brown as people know him, was in the North Tower on 9-11. And this story is a story of him, of Mike, traveling back to New York to find his brother. So I don't want to give it away too much, but as I separate out these podcasts, I'm going to do sections specifically just to the book, and I'll label that as these um, episodes come out for the book. So if you're not necessarily interested in the book side of it, okay, but give it a try because it's an amazing story, and I'm going to try to do as best I can with explaining certain sections of it. And um, if you're interested in it, just based on that initial blurb, it's called What Brothers Do by Michael Everett Brown. You can buy it on Amazon. And I'll expound on that in another episode. But as we wrap up this first episode, I just wanted to explain who I am. So my name is Mark McCurdy. I'm 46 years old. I live in Southern California, uh, Santa Clarita area, and I work for the LA County Fire Department. And in a nutshell, think who is this guy and why do I want to listen to him what does he know well I'll go back to where it all started and I won't go back as far as the first fire station I went into when I was five years old and that was kind of the bug and all that but it kind of was that for me but at 15 I was uh, directed towards the explorer program I had a buddy of mine in high school that was an LAPD explorer and he told me oh fire department if you want to be in the fire department there's an explorer program so I looked around, I grew up in the city of L.A., so L.A. city's area, but right next to me in the city is the city of Glendale, and I got into their Explorer program at 15 and a half, and then we went through a nine-month academy, where it was every Saturday from 8 to 1, Tuesday nights, 7 to 9.30, and when you finish that nine-month academy, you could do ride-alongs, so on the weekend, when I could do it, I would do Saturday ride-alongs until I got out of high school, and... You could continue till you're age 21. So after high school, I was doing ride-alongs through high school on the weekends and learning from these guys. And, and after high school, go to Pasadena City College. I worked for my parents doing automotive repair because they own a business in Pasadena. And then at night, I go to fire science classes at Pasadena City College. Still doing the ride-along thing. EMT, get my EMT uh, cert, and go work for a private ambulance company. Well, I didn't know much at the time, but private ambulance company pretty much in L.A. County is IFTs interfacility transfers. So kind of sucks, but at the same time you're doing your time, thinking down the road. Well, I want to go to paramedic school, and if I need to keep continuing to market myself, that's an option I need. So you got to have those hours. So I worked for a private ambulance company for a few years uh, with a handful of other guys who were explorers. We all worked at the same company. It was it was awesome time. Um, <clears throat> continue to start or not continue, but started taking fire department tests at eighteen. And in the nutshell, it took me about six years to get hired, probably 60 to 65 tests, and then it finally hit June of 2000. But in between that time, high school to when I got hired, Fire Academy at Mount Sac, Auxiliary for Santa Fe Springs Fire Department, which was I was a Monday guy. So every Monday for 24 hours, I was the fourth person on the engine post getting my Firefighter One Academy. You're still testing, still testing. You got to keep yourself marketable. Um, started a CPR business with a group of guys, just trying to keep all that training in and kind of market yourself. And then I decided, well, you know what? This isn't working. I'm going to try a paramedic school. I tried a couple times to get into Daniel Freeman, which everybody at the time was trying to go to paramedic school. And after a couple times of trying to get in, I just now didn't have enough time on the ambulance companies. Or at least that's what they told me. Maybe it was because I sucked and they didn't want me. But I ended up getting into Mount Sac's paramedic program, class 36. And anybody who's been to Mount Sac and in this area, it's Mount San Antonio College. It's in LA County. And I'll boost it as one of the hardest paramedic programs there is because at the time, 35 people started in my class. Seven of us finished. Four of us had gone. That was the first time we'd gone through. And the instructor they had at the time loved, I, I think, loved those numbers that we were getting only one-fifth of the class through. So take it for what it is. I'm going to always have that pride of going to Mount SAC and and learning. And I was fortunate enough to have my family help me and move home and go to paramedic school. And and it was another level that uh, would get me ready to get hired, hopefully. So fortunately, after paramedic school, um, as you leave paramedic school, these companies will come in and try to recruit you to work for them. And AMR had come in and said, "I, the supervisor, AMR Glendale, we're hiring paramedics. Just know you're going to be a 911 provider in the city of Glendale for a few months, but Glendale Fire is starting their own paramedic program. I said, sign me up. I'm in. I don't care if it's only a few months because I was already an explorer there. I know the area and I knew some of the personnel from Glendale Fire. So I thought, okay, keep working towards getting yourself out there. So... First few months, right out of paramedic school, a 911 provider working with the fire department. Obviously, we're a third-party company or a private company, but just to have that experience. And then after that, when they took over a few months later, I became an IFT paramedic for AMR, which sucks, but at the same time, it was a necessary evil that I was still testing. And you can move around in that company, too, so I'm not talking smack about them. But what I did learn is, is... how private ambulance companies work and you kind of learn that one day I'm hopefully going to be on the other side of the fence as the fire department, but I'll remember what it was like to work for a private company as well. So I ended up getting hired June of 2000 by the city of La Habra, small three-station department in Orange County. And for all those people that are out there and you're constantly thinking, okay, you got to fill out the application and get it all right. Now things have changed. At the time, we were typing everything out on a typewriter. But this one, I don't know if it was destiny or way it was supposed to be, but they were only accepting 200 applications. And you, you picked up the application at City Hall and you had to fill it out right then. You couldn't even take it back or bring it home or the next day or whatever. They wanted it filled out right then. So I filled out that application in pen. 200 people get invited to the written test. And this is the point where I'm going to tell you, take every test you can for the fire departments. Don't take the ones that you just want to work for those departments because the written test that they provided was one I had already seen earlier in that week, a few days, because I was taking every test I could. The long and short was, out of the 200, they hired two of us. Fortunately, I think what marketed me was I had my paramedic license, but also, because of the connection I had as an explorer with one of the advisors, Kevin Widner, thank you, Kevin, he made a phone call to one of the City of La Habra chiefs because they worked together at Disneyland at the amusement park on the size as a side job. That little blurb right there, I think pushed me over to get hired because it was mentioned to me day one on the floor that Kevin had called and said, you want to hire this guy. And that helped push them, which is amazing because if he hadn't done that, I don't know that I'd be working for LA County Fire. Our department was absorbed by LA County Fire five years later. And there was some ups and downs the whole time, years of trying to go back and forth of would our department go with Orange County? Would we form a smaller departments with Brea and Fullerton? And the way it shook out finally at the end was LA County fire and fortunately that's where I've been since 2005 we were absorbed I worked for La Habra for five years and now I'm absorbed by LA County and it was a complete night and day difference as far as you go from a smaller department to a big agency but it's been great and this episode has already gone long enough you don't need to keep hearing about me 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 and I I I. but now I've been with uh, LA County fire for 16 years Nine years, I stayed as a fireman, paramedic, and then I decided to promote to engineer. I did that for two years, and now I'm coming up on five years as a captain for L.A. County, which has been amazing. And I think I'll take and break down a little bit more of my background of where I've worked. But in a nutshell, I've worked all over L.A. County as far as some bigger spots, uh, up in the Antelope Valley Desert, West Hollywood, uh, South L.A. area, kind of all over and kind of was just trying to market myself to myself with experiences to one day think, okay, maybe I do want to be a captain one day. But I noticed recently in our department, and I don't know if it's everywhere, but everybody's in a giant rush to promote. And I'm not sure if it's because we're in this piece where a lot of people are getting ready to retire. It's almost like if you don't promote now, those windows are going to close. I'm not sure. I'm still trying to get my head around it. But think about it this way. You have time. Although all we hear all the time is, you only got 30 years and it went by that like by like a blink of an eye and yes and no. I have to look at it this way. I was a fireman paramedic for 14 years, an engineer for two. I'm coming up on five years as a captain and I still have nine years to go. So pace yourself based on where you want to get yourself towards. You want to be the chief of the department? Then yeah, maybe you need to accelerate your training and spots and promotions and everything else. But if you're looking at just right now, Promoting to the company officer level, get all the experience you can under your belt. Move around if you have the ability to in your department. Take as many classes as possible. Grab a hold of somebody as a mentor and just ask them, What do I need to do? If you make yourself vulnerable and put yourself out there, you're going to get more people helping you. That's what I've noticed. Now, it's not always the easiest to put yourself out there. It's not even easy to put yourself out here and just be for me to be talking because you're going to get haters and that's fine. But overall, my basic concept I want to do is those hands-on classes, those grassroots physical classes in classrooms. And I'm open to coming to other departments too. It doesn't necessarily just have to be my department. I'm getting better at teaching and, and how I uh, have these classes go, and I'm completely open to it. I'm not even looking at this as a monetary thing. This is one of those check boxes in life where you say, okay, I gave back because so many people gave to me. This is what I want to do now. So remember, get in those sets and reps. Fall on your face. Ask for help. Even if you're a year or two out of thinking you're going to take the written test just for the captains, get a hold of somebody and ask them, what do I need to do to help for them to push you in the right direction? So as I wrap up this first episode, I just want to kind of introduce who I am, what the plan is, some ideas and concepts of what I want to tackle here. And as things go and I start talking, the more animated I get, the more involved with it I'll get. I'll break these things down to the nuts and bolts of this certain specific topic. But I would appreciate any input, any ideas, any anything you have that you could give me. And a way to reach me is uh, Instagram handle it is an Instagram account for the fire officer project all spelled out. Uh, also, email is project at gmail.com if you'd rather send an email. Please send me any ideas of topics that you'd like to hear or any, basically, if I suck too, please tell me. You suck here, do this, bring up this idea. Nobody wants to hear this much time about your background, whatever it may be. I'm not going to get offended. I tell people all the time, I don't get butthurt. Tell me what you need to tell me and let's move on and learn together. So, as I wrap up this first episode, thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Please send me any ideas or good or bad feedback, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for taking the time to listen to episode one of the Fire Officer Project. As mentioned in the show, you can reach us at Instagram, The Fire Officer Project. Email is going to be Project at gmail.com. All spelled out just like that. Please send us any ideas, concepts or critiques of anything that you have of this show or things that you would like to hear thank you for taking the time to listen and have a good day remember keep moving forward